In our message, we will see how Jesus, from a very young age, embraced God's plan for him to be the savior of the world, and how we, understanding God's plan, can embrace God's plan for our lives as well. Hi, my name is Dan Slofer. I'm the pastor at Crosswalk Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our message. We are in a message series called Investigating Jesus as we walk through the Gospel of Luke. And today, we're in Luke chapter 2, after the birth of Jesus. And the lessons that we have today will all revolve around the temple. So they're in Jerusalem and a couple of events that happen at the temple. And maybe just to start off, what we're gonna do is show you a picture of what the temple looks like. And there's a part of the temple, the central part of the temple is the holy place and the most holy place. But in the whole temple area, it's a relatively small part of, of the bigger area. In front of that is a place where prayers are offered, sacrifices are made. And then there's a huge area around the temple, courtyards. Uh, a lot of times when Jesus would be teaching in the temple, it would be in courtyards like that. When he went in and the, the temple was, he called it a, a market. It, it's supposed to be a house of prayer and you turned it into a market. That area would be areas where they were selling things for the sacrifice. So that's what we're talking about today is, are the things that happened inside of the temple and the first place we go is when Jesus is just 40 days old. 40 days old, his parents take him to be presented at the temple. So we go to Luke chapter 2, beginning with the 22nd verse. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, which, who is Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. As they go there, there there's two things that are being done, a purification rite and then a presentation. The purification rite would have been for Mary, that after a woman would have a baby, there was a period of 40 days where she would go through a purification rite, and then that would end at the temple. But then for Jesus, there would always, or there would have been a presentation. And that was for the oldest son of, of a family would always be presented before the Lord. And the reason why is this went all the way back to the time of the Passover in Egypt. Remember that the Israelites were told to put blood over the door frames of their house and, and as the, the angel of death came over, uh, they would pass over that home so their firstborn would not die like they did with the Egyptians. And from that time on, God said, your firstborn belongs to me. And, and for that reason, you need to redeem your firstborn. You need to buy them back as part of the law of Moses. And so we see here that Jesus is going through that same uh, presentation, the same redemption, if you will. The irony of it, and I hope you see the irony of it, is that Jesus is true God. 
So for him to make the sacrifice, making a sacrifice to himself as God makes no sense until we understand what Jesus is doing here. Jesus at this time is beginning his work as the substitute for you and for me. That, that we are told when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law. And so Jesus is living as a human being under the law perfectly for you and for me. And throughout the Gospel of Luke, we will see this truth. When, when Jesus is doing something that as God, he, he shouldn't have to do, that we understand that he's doing it for us. And even at this young age, 40 days old, Jesus is beginning his work, doing the Father's work uh, of, of being our Savior. The other thing that I don't want you to miss is that, that Mary and Joseph knew that this was their responsibility as parents. And today we're going to be talking about what, what does God want me to do? What is doing my Father's work? For Jesus, it's going to the cross. And, and as we look at it, our work is always going to be a response to God's love. And part of that as parents, the responsibility that God gives parents is to bring your children to God, to bring uh, your child to him in, in baptism and to raise them uh, as God's children. And I think this is important and I just want to mention it because I've heard more and more these days the idea of parents saying, you know, I'm going to wait uh, till my kids get older and then let them decide. And I'm just telling you that that is completely foreign to this way of thinking, to Mary and Joseph's way of thinking, and really to the obligation that parents have to, to protect their, their children both physically and spiritually. And part of that is to bring them to God at a very young age. Now, while they're there in the temple, something a little strange happens. Verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. And I'm just going to stop there for a moment. Simeon, as we look at this, he's a person in Jerusalem. He's not a priest, and he doesn't necessarily work in the temple. But what we do know is that he is a righteous, devout person, so he is a follower of the Lord, and he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. And that term might be foreign to you, the consolation of Israel. And it makes me think of words from Isaiah 40, when Isaiah is told by God, say to my people, comfort, comfort my people. Uh, speak kindly to Jerusalem, tell her that her hard service is over. Those words are words of consolation, they're words of comfort. And in other words, what he's looking forward to is the time when the Christ will come, the time when God will make good on his promise to send a Savior. Uh, the Holy Spirit was on him, so we see the Holy Spirit being active. And in verse 26, uh, we continue, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, and we'll stop there just for a minute, because I just want, so Simeon's told to go to the temple. Once again, if, if we remember what that picture of the temple looks like, this place is huge. 
that, that going to the temple and, and being told that you're going to see someone and when you see them, you'll be able to recognize them. Okay, it's not quite as big as maybe going to Disneyland or something like that, but it's like it. At the very least, it would be like going to the mall and trying to find someone there. That, that this was definitely being led by the Spirit and, and something special was going on. And Simeon finds him. Simeon is led by the Spirit, finds Mary and Joseph and Jesus and, and takes the baby in his hands. And, and as he has Jesus in his hands, he says these words. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. With these words, Simeon's really saying, I can die happy. I, I, Lord, you can let your servant depart in peace. He's talking about death. And what he's saying is, now that I've seen the Savior, now that I've seen that, that this plan of salvation is going forward and all the promises that you've made throughout history that they're now coming uh, to be right now, Lord, I can truly die happy. And as we look at these words, I hope you understand that these are words that a Christian can say every day. That, that every day when we know Jesus as our Savior, we're ready to leave this world. Uh, God has prepared us for, for the, the life that is to come in heaven. It's also interesting that uh, throughout the history of the church over the last thousand years, that this has been made into a song which is called the Nunc Dimittis, which is Nunc meaning now and Dimittis means to send out, that now, Lord, you're sending me out. And it was always sung after the Lord's Supper. And it was such a beautiful picture because as individuals go to the Lord's Supper and receive the body and blood of Christ along with the bread and wine, that it's a way that Christ's death and life are proclaimed, the gospel is proclaimed, and now having received the sacrament, having heard the gospel, we are ready whether it be to go out into our lives or out into the world. And that song of, of Simeon is, is still one that I hope you pray and say every day, Lord, thank you for letting me see your salvation. He goes on, the, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, the child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And with these words, Simeon is telling Mary and Joseph, there's a lot that's going to happen with this child and, and he is going to shake up the world and even pointing a little to his death that a sword will pierce your soul too, Mary. And, and as she watched Christ die on the cross, it's no doubt what he was referring to, the payment that Jesus would make for sin. We go on, there was also a prophet, a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. 
The consolation of Israel is, is the way that we're told with Simeon. Another way of saying that is the redemption of Jerusalem. She was looking forward to the Savior, and, and through the Holy Spirit, she recognized Jesus as the Savior. And, and as we look at this in terms of doing the Lord's work, if you are someone who is older, maybe in your retirement years, or, or see yourself getting older, recognize there is work for you to do as well. Uh, worshiping God, worshiping him in your life every day, uh, going to him in prayer, the, the prayers you pray for the church. Uh, thank you for those of you who pray for me each day, that God sees that, God values that, and, and it is part of doing the Lord's work no matter what age you are as you hear his word. This 40 days then um, came to an end, verse 39 and 40, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. And, and so what Luke does is he goes from the time that Jesus was 40 days old till he was 12. He doesn't include the time when the wise men come. He doesn't include uh, the time when they would go down into Egypt. And as, as Luke wrote his gospel, that was not an, an emphasis of his. That was written in Matthew. But what Luke does do is he goes on then uh, to the time when Jesus is 12 years old. And that's in verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And I love this. As we do the Lord's work, again, as parents, what were they doing? Worshiping regularly. Have God and his word a regular part of their lives. Verse 42, when he was 12, so this is Jesus, when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. So now that Jesus is 12, that's the age of adulthood. There was no teenage at that time. That you were either a child or you were an adult. And age 12 was the, the time when you would grow up and, and take responsibility, uh, much as we would probably see an 18-year-old today. So very different times. Verse 43, after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in, the, uh, in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. I'll take a little stop there. You might think this is bad parenting, that they would go a day without... Um, knowing Jesus was there. But understand that, that a number of things, first of all, like at, at church, what we do is we let out our teenage kids for youth worship, that they would have done that, that they would have had uh, those who were younger, those who were growing up, be separate to show that they could be responsible. And there were groups of people that were going. So think of it more like a family camp out where those kids maybe that were uh, teenage would get their own tent. And, and you wouldn't necessarily see your parents. So this was a, something that would have been actually fairly normal. But then they did notice he wasn't there. Verse 46, after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? 
Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Once again, as they were looking for Jesus in Jerusalem, it took three days. And maybe from hindsight, as we know who Jesus is, the Savior of the world, true God and true man, that we would say he was always in the temple. When he was in Jerusalem, he was in the temple. And yet, they, they had to look through him at a time when there were Passover, there were many people there. Even as they went to the, the temple, the temple was full of people. And, and to try to find out exactly where he was was no small thing. And so maybe in this we can kind of side with those parents as a parent, thinking, man, just let us know what you're doing. But what Jesus makes very clear is the same thing that was being made clear with his presentation in the temple. He is in this world to do his heavenly Father's will. That Jesus' life from the time that he was born pointed straight ahead to the cross. And he knew that's where he was going. And so the temple, the, the place that represented the, the substitution, the sacrifices uh, that needed to be made, uh, that Jesus was that, that that was part of who he was, both as the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world and as a priest who sacrificed himself and as he was the Word of God, that this is where Jesus needed to be and this was the purpose why he came. And I think later Mary and, and, and Joseph would have maybe understood that a little bit better. But for, at this time, it, it confused them a little bit, God's purpose for Jesus uh, in this world. And understand that sometimes as we live in this world, we get confused by what God does as well. That it doesn't make sense to us, that, that it's confusing. We, we don't necessarily know what he wants from us. But all of us, as, as we look at our lives, remember doing the will of our Father. What is the work that God has put in front of us? The final words then in 51 and 52 say, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I don't understand this completely, how Jesus, who's true God but yet true man, he, he kept learning and growing. But, but he did, that, that he was truly a human being and true God at the same time. And as we look at this, this is the encouragement as you look at the roles that you have in your life. One of the roles that Jesus had was the Savior of the world. But another role that he had, a secondary role, was to be the child of Mary and Joseph. And those words, he was obedient to them. Oh my goodness, think about that. God had to listen to his mom about bedtime and about what time dinner was or, or any of the rules of the house that she had and his dad had that, that Jesus respected. And so as you hear this message today, I'd like you to think about the roles that you have. Uh, maybe it's a married person, maybe it's single. Maybe you're a child, maybe you're an adult. Uh, think about all the different roles you have at work, the roles you have as a Christian friend. And my encouragement is that as you live your life, that you do it the same way Jesus did. 
understanding the Father's will for your life and the Father's work. Ultimately, what that does is it, it points us back to Simeon and his words that God wants us ready, that, that when it's time that he calls us home, that we can say, Lord, I can depart in peace. Uh, the work of my life is to know Jesus as my Savior and then to live that out every day. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, thank you for sending Jesus into the world to do the work of being our Savior. And thank you that he did it perfectly. Now help us in our lives to, to look at the roles that you've given us. And, and there are many different roles that we have. And let us always do it to your glory. Let us always do it carrying out your will in our lives. And ultimately, Lord, continue to prepare us until the day we leave this world and go to be with you in heaven. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.